You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. How about you? Going well here. Also, uh, I, I said yesterday I was ready to talk about the Combine. I know we were both there, but we had very different experiences. We'll get into that very soon. We were we were interrupted, really, by the, the Calvin Ridley news, and that just uh, continues to get crazier and crazier as, as detail details come out. Uh, but obviously not a good situation for Ridley and his dynasty value. But Matt, let's talk about the combine and, and uh, just a, a peek behind the curtain. As you always like to say, we were both there in a media capacity. Uh, mm-hmm. For you, that meant hanging out on Radio Row and uh, sitting with, with all the other uh, podcast and, and radio uh, correspondents from basically every NFL team, all kind yeah, of... I think so all kind of hanging out in one area. Uh, I'm assuming you were bringing all kinds of guests onto your show uh, throughout the day and throughout the week. Uh, so just kind of talk about your experience there a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, the Steelers paid for me to go. So um, me and two other gentlemen, you know, drove down in the, the radio stations Jeep, you know, it's about almost, almost a six hour drive. Um, you're probably familiar with Culver's. Oh yes. They oh, didn't yeah. have those in Pittsburgh, but we, we just pulled into there on the way and said, this looks like a fine little spot to try. I've never heard of it. Loved it. Had to go back on the way back, you know, five to six days later. I wish they had more of those in, or had those in Pittsburgh. That was a hit. Um, and I was on the radio, give or take, uh, 10 to noon every day. Then I'd go get lunch and I'd come back and I'd finish things up till four. And like you said, there's just table after table after table, mm-hmm. radio row, and there's, you know, every table's dressed up with the, each team's skirt, and um, Fran Duffy was right next to us with the Eagles, it's not because it's a, an alphabetical thing, I don't know how they put them there, but <laughs> Fran came and joined us for a segment, and Dane Brugler walked by, and I grabbed him, and he joined us for a segment, and Ryan Wilson from CBS, and on and on and on, you know what I mean, so... You can grab other beat reporters. We grab the Browns beat reporter, a Bengals beat reporter, and talk to the division and those specific teams and that type of thing. Uh, Cam Hayward was supposed to join us, but we got our wires crossed and he went to the wrong place, so that didn't happen. Um, but Kevin Colbert sat down with us the first day, you know, I mean, that, so that was cool. And we're right there next to the bench press, which is right next also to like where. ESPN and NFL Network set up too. So all these are in one giant convention hall or whatever. And I mean, as you've seen the last two times, the city's so great for it. I I will be very sad if it's not back in Indianapolis. Yeah, I I will as well. Obviously it's, uh, Convenient for you. Uh, yeah, very convenient. Right. Just a couple hours up the road for me. So I was able to to drive. I met a couple of other uh, folks there from uh, from DLF, from Dynasty League Football. We were representing uh, representing them there. And I, I didn't have the same experience for you. Didn't have to be on the radio or, or doing mm-hmm. any of those things. So, um, yeah, you mentioned the, the big convention hall. Huge, huge room. Um Matt and, and all the other radio hosts are basically stuck in one corner. Uh, 
pretty close to that as as you said matt is the uh the bench, bench press, press area well, yeah. and and a couple of sets of bleachers to uh to watch that one for media one for team representatives that was really a disappointment this year because basically all we saw were uh, 95% of, of players opting out of the bench press, choosing not to lift. Uh, some some schedule changes this year that, that led to that, it seems like. It was, um, yeah. And then you have this huge curtain up. And on the other side of the curtain, also, Matt, as you said, is, is ESPN and CBS and NFL Network and all these uh, stages set up for... Uh, all of those folks to talk about what they were seeing. And on the other side of that room are several uh, podiums. Where, oh, right, right, right. Right. That's, that's really what kind of where I spent most of my time uh, because at those podiums, we saw the, uh, the players uh, available for interviews and coaches and general managers available for interviews as well. Uh, I missed out on that the first time I went uh, two years ago. So definitely wanted to take advantage of that this time and, and was able to kind of listen in on, on a lot of the key rookies that are, that are coming in along with some coaches and general managers, just a really great experience. And, and we didn't even talk about the nightlife because things get a little, a little crazy in Indy. You're, you're sitting and having to drink or eating dinner and you look across the, uh, across the room and see, Pete Carroll or Steve Smith. That's what happened to us one okay. night, just, yeah. uh, you know, 10 feet away. And, and those things happen over and over and over. So a little bit of a surreal feeling for me. I'm not i uh, I'm not big time like you, Matt. I haven't been around for uh, around this for 20 years. So uh, definitely a cool experience and one that, uh, that I hope I get to do again next year. Yeah. I'm sure you got a lot out of it. I certainly did. I was, you know, I had duties of course, uh, and then I'd go back to my room and I'd record Peacock and Williamson. But I mean, even weird things like I'm going up the escalator and LaDainian Tomlinson was going down the escalator the other way. You know, I mean, like that's just a, that happens like on an hourly basis there almost. Everybody's in the same places. Um, I, I know you didn't get the same, um, uh, I don't want to say access, you didn't get the same opportunity to be around the players as much. Uh, but did you did you have any key takeaways on on any of the rookies this time? Anybody stand out? Yeah, I mean, if we keep it relevant for our show, we don't need to talk Jordan Davis and oh, all man. the linebackers and Jordan all that craziness. Davis. Unbelievable! I mean, put on a show. Oh man, I mean, um, I, I mean, I might, I, I might draft Jordan Davis on just to have him on my teams. I, right. I don't, I don't think he's going to get the ball, but wow, it's it could be like the fridge at the yeah. goal line. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, I, I certainly think. Walker and Brees Hall yeah. separated themselves and really exceeded expectations. And Walker actually caught the ball and drills pretty well, too. I mean, that's phase one of becoming a weapon in the passing game. Uh, I thought guys like James Cook were promising. Uh, a lot of receivers, as you'd imagine. But I will say, overall size of the receiver class has me a little concerned. Not necessarily because mm-hmm. they're short or didn't weigh well. But there's a lot of skinny dudes, you know, yeah. and I think some of yep. them came in lean and wiry on purpose to run well and maybe will be a little heavier at their pro day. But there's a lot of six foot, 181 pound guys, you know, like ah, that scares me a little bit. Well, I mean, we see it every year and, and we talked about this with uh, with our Wandell Robinson conversation yesterday. Right, he's, right, right. he's listed at 
190, and he 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 comes in at five eight and one one eighty two or whatever it was, and the, those things happen every single year. But it it did feel like, and and maybe this is a perception thing. I'd, I'd have to you know see if those see if that data and those numbers are really out there. It felt it felt worse this year, or, or to a bigger yeah, extreme. A little. That, um, it wasn't one inch or, or five pounds. It was three inches and and uh, yeah, you know right. fifteen pounds. Um, and there were there were a couple guys who were much bigger than than they weighed in or, or than they were uh, previously reported. And, um, depending on the the player and the position, that's not always a good thing either. So um, yeah, things things were way different than than expected or or. Mm-hmm previously reported or posted this year. And then there's some oddities like zero running backs did the shuttles or uh, three cones, you know, because of the, they don't want to do them at 11 o'clock at night. They're tired. You know? Yeah. The, again, some, some things are coming out about that, um, mm-hmm. that do not sound great for the league. Honestly, I, I think, um, you know, this was an, an event that uh, for so long was a, a weekend morning event, you know, most, most of the things we cared about were Saturday morning and Sunday morning. And, um, you know, while, while that's not necessarily getting the same type of TV audience, you've got all day to, to get your stuff in. Right. And, um, the bench press was never on the same day as, as the other uh, pieces of the workout. Some people didn't bench because they didn't want to be tired for forties and stuff. You right. Know I mean? and, right. You know, and those, those things are all changing. They, the NFL wanted everybody to bench on the same day that they ran and they, they started the uh, coverage and started those events at 7 PM. And uh, when it got to, to 10 or to 11 at night, they basically shut it down. So one report suggested that uh, the players did not opt out, but that the event was essentially uh, called off. Um, hmm. That's okay. that's a bad look. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. And, and it leaves us, you know, without some of the data that we might normally be able to uh, to use as 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 a piece of the puzzle here. Hundred percent. And again, pro day shuttles aren't the same as everyone doing on the same turf. And you know, so go from there. Yeah. Matt, we will continue our rookie profile series today. We're talking Rashad White a player who was pretty impressive at the NFL Combine. We'll start that right after this. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, let's talk about Rashad White today. He is the running back from Arizona State. He's a redshirt senior. This guy's been around a while. 23 years old. Hmm. Came in at 6 feet, 214 pounds at the combine. And even that, honestly, uh, was was a couple inches off what he was listed at. But still, certainly big enough um, to uh, to play the running back position. Uh, before we we dig in here, Matt, uh, what are your initial thoughts on Rashad White? Yeah, I, I, I'm a little shocked that we're going this deep this early, but I mean we got to get all all these dudes in, and uh, I'm sure he will get drafted. I'm not implying that he's a nobody. That's not what I mean at all. He has been productive. 
Um, and he did test well in the combine is, you know, recent here. So it's very relative. I see him as good body type. I mean, I think he can handle a beating and dish one out as well. I do think he's fast in a straight line, but I think he's very straight line-ish. I don't think he's particularly creative, elusive, you know, um, I think he's an NFL backup. You know, it's really interesting to hear you say this deep, this early about a player like Rashad White. And and normally we, we talk about the player's dynasty value or, or mm-hmm. potential NFL draft uh, range at the end of the profile. But let's jump ahead there because there's a big disconnect here. So Rashad White's current DLF rookie ADP is 2.02, 14 overall. Uh, and that puts him, I believe, at the RB... Uh, the RB five, I believe that's correct. Uh, so this is a player that the dynasty managers, at least in our mock drafts, and obviously, um, obviously, plenty of plenty of time for things to change. But this is a player that dynasty managers are valuing in our uh, in our startup ADPs. One hundred forty two overall. He's the RB forty seven, and for some reference, that puts him in the same draft ranges, Devontae Parker and Curtis Samuel and Russell Gage. But then when you look at grinding the mocks, 111 overall uh, and the RB9, the ninth running back off the board. So it sounds like you're kind of more in line with what we're grinding the mocks sees him versus how dynasty players are seeing him. And, And honestly, it's not even just dynasty players. I'm doing, I've been doing some early, uh, underdog drafts and and of course those are redraft best ball leagues uh 20 man rosters he's getting drafted in those leagues every single one of them and not just getting drafted he's like a 14th or 15th rounder in those those under uh, I'm sorry those underdog uh best ball redraft leagues so this is a player that a, a lot of the community is looking at and and thinking that he can have a role in year 1 so here's my question to you, and if you don't know the answer, I apologize in advance. But, I mean, was he a Debbie darling? I mean, have the Dynasty folks been on this guy for a long time? I mean, no, I know no, he was not, a big... Okay. Yeah, I know not, he was a big Juco guy. But. Right, not at all. Not at okay. all. This, uh, yeah, went to Juco for a couple of years. Did have some success there. Uh, I believe he was at... Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm going to blow it. I think Fort San Antonio college, something like that uh, okay. in, in California, but he was uh, relatively sought after as a Juco lands at Arizona state uh, kind of, kind of a supporting role. I would say in his first year, that was 2020 ended up with, um, uh, with about 600 between 600 and 700 total yards He's he's always been a factor in 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 the receiving game. I think that's certainly a, a notch in his belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then a, a big year as a senior this past season: a thousand rushing yards, fifteen touchdowns, uh, and then added four hundred fifty-six yards as a receiver. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about nearly fifteen hundred yards, sixteen total touchdowns, a huge final year production from this guy. Uh, but yeah, there's there's definitely some concerns, and no, he was he was far from uh, a, a Debbie asset Debbie, or okay. a, a player that really anybody was on. Because even even after the 2020 season, you know this this was not a player that 
very many people projected as uh, as NFL draft relevant, honestly. Okay. So, I mean, I guess the, the recent production, as well as the receiving, I mean, 43 receptions is an awful lot at the college level. Uh, I mean, I guess that would warm him up to some people, but I, I just don't see a supreme pot prospect. I mean, he looks like a, a fifth or sixth rounder to me in the NFL. Yeah, th- that's my concern as well, and and ultimately that's that's what's caused me to uh, push him down down my rankings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of in line with uh, w- with the ADP uh, I mentioned earlier, had him um, outside of the first round certainly, but but early in the second. And and the more I've looked at it, and the more uh, I I think draft capital has to factor in, expected draft capital, I should say. Uh, he's he's fallen down my rankings uh, quite a bit, looking more okay. like more like a late second rounder instead of an early second rounder, which in this class is a big difference. And and I would imagine, I mean, I'm kind of speaking for DLF, and you know how that works better than I do, but I, I would think his ADP will reflect to exactly what you're saying here soon too, even though it, the combine wasn't bad to him. Well, I think yeah, I think the combine actually kind of came out looking good from the combine because if you talk about the um talk about the players that he was kind of in range with i mean kyron williams certainly had a Mm, uh had a disastrous combine Uh, kyron williams was being drafted ahead of him i don't think we'll see that happen uh in either the nfl draft or uh or, or rookie drafts um, you know, other guys in that range, Tyler Algier, I mean, that could go either way, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rashad White really gained some value in the eyes of the NFL after the combine. Okay. By default, and plus he had a good showing himself. I, I, I see all that. I just don't see a very desirable prospect by NFL standards. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think, that's fair. I think people look... I, we always talk about landing spots and things like, and of course, Williamson's always going to bring up the Steelers, but like I would look at him as a six round pick to be Najee's flat out backup, you know, the Miller light, light, light version, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. We'll talk more about potential landing spots along with the strengths and weaknesses of Rashad White right after this. Hey everyone, it's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Uh, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better. Uh, Built Bar makes it easier to stick with your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike some of the other protein bars that are waxy and chalky or taste like a chemical spill. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it, it just gets so boring. But by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's all the chocolate? Well, Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, most Bilt Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and 4 net carbs, and 19 or 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. So here's an idea for your new year. Go to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Uh, Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost almost count it as a workout in itself. 
Uh, there's so many flavors to choose from. I mean, peanut butter brownies big in my house, raspberry, coconut almonds, salted caramel, mint brownie, cho- cookies and cream. My son kills cookies and cream. Many more. Uh, in fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So go check out Built.com often to see what's new. Built.com. So here's what you do. Go to Built.com, use our promo code to get 15% off our order. And your promo code is LOCKED15, LOCKED15, all caps. And that gets you 15% off at Built.com. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we continue our Rookie Profile series. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt, we are talking Rashad White, uh, the Arizona State running back, as I said, been around a while, 23 years old already. I, I want to ask you I about that. that I-, I was going to ask you. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, we see these other these other guys coming into the league, and they're 20 or maybe they're 21. Uh, but, but 23 certainly feels like uh, – feels old for a rookie. The more I – I guess really the more I've played dynasty, the less I care about running back age because we're with, with the large majority of running backs, we're not looking at them as uh, players that are going to age out on our team, right? They're They're going to give us, they're going to give us one contract at best. You know, Rashad White's going to get drafted in round four or five, as as you suggested, he's going to get a, uh, what do they get? A three-year deal that late, or, or four year? It's four-year that late. Okay, yeah. so he gets a four-year deal. He'll be twenty-seven when that contract is up, and uh, unless then cares. right, unless it's a <laughs> right, right. unless it's a big surprise, that'll kind of be the end for him. And maybe he maybe he hangs on, but that's pretty much what we're expecting when we use a second or a third-round rookie pick on Rashad White. So that's the right way to look at it, from from especially from a dynasty perspective, like. Uh, I don't care if he's 27 or, you know, 28. I mean, but if I can get a couple usable years out of this guy, great. And I don't care what age he is when he comes in the league. I think that's a good way of looking at it. And actually looking at his past, when you mentioned that age, I figured, boy, his body must be all beat up. Well, you know, there was a lot of Juco time mm-hmm. in there and really is only basically a one-year starter, correct, at Arizona State? Right, right. So, I mean, the wear and tear is not extreme. Now, I mean, I do think the age is important, and and Najee Harris took a little bit of a hit right, of this right. last year. I think uh, I think he was uh, twenty two when he came into the league. So again, we're not talking about an old an old guy at all, but um, something to consider. I, I care more about it uh, with with first rounders, with with those players that we look at as potentially elite uh, running backs versus. Uh, you know, just depth pieces, which is what we think Rashad White is at this point. Right. I mean, if you're to use a, I don't know, late second, early third rookie pick on the guy, do you really care that much? I mean, if you can get some usable weeks out of him, that's great. Right. Exactly. When you talk about strengths for Rashad White, obviously that pass catching ability, he excelled at Arizona State, especially this past year with 43 catches, 456 yards. 
so we, we love to see the production. We already talked about that. Uh, I think the size is a, a good thing. Six yeah. feet tall, 214 pounds. Uh, and Lance Erline over at NFL.com has, has pointed out that uh, he's a patient runner. That's what he's seen. Uh, some big-time touchdown production. I think we talked about that already as well. 16 touchdowns this past season. Uh, that that's kind of where the strengths end, Matt. I think the um, the but weaknesses, that's something, are, you know, right? Yeah, right. sure. I think the I think I the mean, weaknesses kind of outweigh the strengths with this player. I, I do too. I mean, uh, I really think landing spot is going to be a a huge thing for him. Not that he's going to like knock Austin Eckler out of the way, but what if he lands in a situation like that where? He inherits goal line role or something like that. Is you know that there's the, that the top back is maybe a smaller jitterbug type. You know, I mean, or uh, again, I, I really think he's an NFL number two. I have seen some comps. I, I believe this came from uh, Felix Sharp over at Campus to Canton. I hope I'm crediting that to the right person. But I've seen some some comparisons to Ramondre Stevenson. Which is kind of interesting because a little bit of a of a bigger player, but also had the uh, uh, had the pass catching chops, although didn't necessarily get used that way. You're kind of suggesting the same thing. Um, I, I much mean, prefer Stevenson, though. I mean, just the eyeball test. I mean, I think Stevenson has much better lateral agility, mm. has much better balance, and center of gravity is lower and lighter feet. Yeah, the speed was mentioned as a concern for Rashad White. Uh, tight hips, just just running tight, and that's definitely not something we've seen with Ramondre Stevenson. And right. um, the pass protection is a question, and that's a big question because you're talking mm-hmm. about a player who can catch the ball and can be that that weapon on third down or on a on a passing down. Uh, but if he can't pass protect. You know, what, what good is it? Right. 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 We talked about that with, with Kyron Williams, I believe last week that, um, not only is he a good pass catcher out of the backfield, but can also pass protect. You really need both pieces to actually get on the field. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a unbelievable route runner, who's a borderline wide receiver, you know, I mean, if you can run those kind of routes, which, you know, he can't then you better be protection first, outlet receiver second. So you don't get to do number two without number one. Let's finish up with landing spots, ideal landing spots. You kind of threw out a couple already. Would would you be happy with him in Pittsburgh as the backup to Najee? I suppose. I mean, no offense to your boy Benny Snell, but I prefer him over Snell or yeah. Balage and some of the guys that have been here lately. I mean, that makes some sense, you know. Uh, what about a, 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 a rotation in Arizona or Tampa or one of those type of teams? Maybe. Sure. There, there's plenty of teams that have a lot of questions uh, mm-hmm. in the backfield right now. And, and of course, some of those at least will be answered over the next uh, couple of weeks as we enter free agency. But obviously. How about a compliment to Michael Carter in the, with the Jets? Mm, I like that one. Okay. I like, you know, I like that spot one. there for him. Yep. Well, I mean, they, they've kind of had that with. Uh, with Tevin Coleman and right. I mean you maybe um, maybe White is is kind of a poor man's Tevin Coleman actually very poor man's yeah Coleman was very straight line-ish and you know took him a little while to get to full speed but did run mm-hmm. away from people when he got to the second level 
I, I can see some similarities there. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, you see White as a day three pick and uh, not somebody you would necessarily be targeting in Dynasty Leagues. Is that fair to say? That's fair. Uh, I mean, if by chance the landing spot's too good to ignore, uh, he certainly could get more love from me. But as it stands right now, uh, he's not super desirable for me. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am as well. I think I'm the lowest on him at DLF among all mm-hmm. rookie rankers. Uh, and as I said earlier, I uh, just recently had moved him down my rankings uh, because of some of those draft capital concerns. As you said, if that changes, uh, maybe my opinion would change as well. But for now, uh, probably a player that uh, another dynasty manager will take before I get the chance. Understandable. Yeah, I think that's probably safe to say for both of us. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.